Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I am your host, Alex Metzger. Alongside with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, we got a bit of a busy episode coming up with a lot of different topics. Uh, we took another week off last week for uh, midterms, and we just weren't sure what exactly to talk about. We posted one early, I guess, last week, but we haven't had anything in over a week by the time this comes out. Um, so I guess we'll get into it. We'll start with some extensions that happened seven or eight days ago. Uh, first, we'll start with the Pekka Rene extension. He signed for two years at $5 million per. I don't understand this deal for Nashville, personally. He's, I, you, What do you think? I thought the whole point of going three years with UC Soros was to give him the reins after yeah, this year. that's what I thought, too. And, like, like I don't, it, it's weird talking about Pekka Rene in the sense that I don't, I still don't have a total confidence in him, and he just won a Vesna trophy. I don't think he should have won the best. No, I don't think... But he was a top five goalie last year. He was very good. And I still just don't have the... I mean, at the end of the day, he's a 36-year-old. Like, I don't know. I feel like when you have a goalie who's clearly ready to come in and be a starter, signing a 37-slash-38-year-old to a two-year deal where you're paying him five mil doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Even if he becomes the backup in that time, why? Like, I guess... I guess he doesn't care if he's making five mil. It just seems like a lot of money to pay a guy to play thirty games by the end of his contract. Like if that's the plan, still. And I if not, that's like, like the plan B, right? Yeah, like if not, I can't imagine Soros sees himself as a permanent backup in this league. Like Soros is already, I guess he's only twenty three. Soros is still younger than I thought he was. But like you, you, if you're Soros, you should be wanting to play in the next year or two. Yeah, you don't want to be twenty six by the time yeah, you well, get like, handed the. Exactly. Like, I mean, if you don't have to be. Like, guys like Darling and them or Talbot, they're 28 when they're sometimes 27, but you want to be as early as you can because you want to be good, right? Like, it just, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, I don't know what else to say other than that, really. Like, yeah, I, like, I guess you're going with the devil you know here, but like I said, I thought the whole point of the Saros extension was for the opportunity to have a starting goalie making one and a half million dollars for two years. Yeah, like, I guess in Rene's defense, this season he has still been really good. He's already got eight an eight point three four GSSA, but that like, is pretty good. I'm just gonna. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to load up some stats here. It's weird because we still have a very small sample size for goalies. I guess either way, like worst case scenario, they're paying six point five million for their tandem, which is pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. It's just like you could have been paying less. Is they my could have been paying like two million for. A possibly really good tandem. Yeah, for like, two and a half million. Jeez, oh he hasn't even played four hundred minutes at five v five. That'd be why. Rene? Yeah, he must have been hurt. Yeah, he's played eight games this year, so he's been really good in the eight games. Eight point three four GSSA, and this is all five on five. He has a nine one eight save high danger save percentage, which ranks first in the league. But I mean, it's through eight games. I don't yeah. know. I don't I think just... these eight games should change anyone's thoughts on Pekka Rene. No, like right? I guess. Like, I guess if the plan is to just have a $5 million backup and who's a really good backup in a couple years, well, whatever. Yeah. I just feel like, especially because they're a cap team, or, like, there should be a cap team. They're not in, like, cap hell coming forward like a lot of teams as good as they are, but, like... But, like, you just had Brian Ellis take a massive discount to keep the team together. Maybe this is what he meant, but I can't imagine... You get a guy taking what's probably was a at least a two million per discount, so you can just go and give Pekka Rene two more years at two million extra than what you should be paying. 
Yeah, like I'd rather try to take that $5 million and try to replicate New Jersey's Johansson trade or something along those lines to upgrade their forward core. Then. Yeah, or like, I don't I just... Uh, like, it's not horrible. Like it's I not said. the worst, and it's only two years, so even if he does be crap, like, ends up being crap, you got Soros who can be the starter, and maybe Rene just plays 30 games. It just doesn't feel like good cap management, considering the position that they're in, and... Even just when you think about the no, like there's no t- or little tax in Nashville, like you couldn't have gotten them less than five million. Like I, like I guess he's coming off of season. I just don't know. I think old school hockey people will see that as a discount is the thing. Yeah, I guess so. I just don't know why you're rushing to sign a 36 year old goalie, even yeah. if he just won a Vezina that where he was, he had a really good season. I just don't understand why you're rushing to sign him, and they gave him a no move clause. I think. Oh, no, maybe that's this one. Maybe that's this one. Never mind. It's an after-35 contract, yeah. so you have to eat it no matter what. And when you're after 35, everyone's one injury away from being done. Yeah, really. Like, I don't know. Especially I... a goalie who's been, a, what is he, like a 6'6 goalie going up and down on those knees for yeah. like 10 years now. Everyone's real close to the end of it at 36. So Yeah, I don't know. I just I found it insanely strange. Not my money. It's not going to kill them. So. No, it definitely won't. And it's... They're in a better position where even if that backfires, it doesn't look like Ottawa with Craig Anderson, where yes, Craig Anderson has played in 16 of their 18 games this year, and he would have played last night where they got shelled by Florida because Mike McKenna looked awful, but they were like, no, like he needs to rest. Yeah. But it's not like that where it's like Anderson hasn't been great and you still just have to keep throwing him on the ice because you have literally no other option. Right, like yeah, like there's a clear contingency plan, and like worst case scenario, I guess two years from now you can think of it as you're paying Soros five million and Rene to be one and a half to be the backup. Yeah, like it's not you wanted. It's not great cap management, but like it's whatever. Yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Um, I guess that took a little longer than I thought it was going to. Uh, from there we'll quickly go to the Yanni Gord extension as well, and. this is a player that I was shocked by this number originally. Um, so he got a six-year deal at five point one million. So it was just under. Th- it was like four dollars under thirty-one million is what it comes out to. And I looked at that and I just kind of went. On first glance, I was like, "Really? That seems like a lot for a guy who's been in the league for one year." Then you look at his numbers, and he's a very good player. I mean, it is like looking at it right now. It's hard to project forward, but it will be at worst fair value, I would say. You would hope. And that's like worst that's the worst case scenario for Tampa I could see. Otherwise, I thought it was a pretty good deal for Tampa. Yeah, like I think like Gord's one of those players that you go, wait, he's already twenty six years old, mm-hmm. but so I mean it, it signs him from until he's what, thirty two? Yep. And, and it's good for Gord too. Like Yeah, oh great no for pedigree. Gord. Like yeah, good job. Like I don't even know if he was drafted or where he was drafted. No, he wasn't drafted. So an undrafted guy just got a $31 million contract. Yeah, two but, years from now, it looked like he would have never, like no one had ever heard his name. And exactly. now he makes $31 million. That's awesome for him. Yeah, so like he came from having a $587,000 cap hit a couple years ago. Like, I mean, yeah, like great for him, honestly. Like, that's insane. And just in terms of his play, like he, yeah, he's better than I thought. Like, what do you have, 64 points? 64 points in 82 games. He's at point per game this year. Uh, the year before that, he had 48 points and 56 for the AHL and 8 and 20 in the NHL. And then he had one in two games in the NHL and 44 <laughs> and 65 in the AHL. Oh, so he's got a couple sniffs. Yeah, and 57 and 76 for the AHL. Like, he's been a solid player. 
Yeah, like, even if you take all his stats from last year and regress them because he only played one year in the NHL, you still get him as, like, at worst, a fantastic second-line player. Yeah, so... And for $5 million, that's pretty it's, good. It's weird because you wonder when Tampa is going to have to start moving players. Like, they're always that one team that's like, oh, they're going to have to trade something. Like, right? We talk about with the Leafs so much, but, like... It feels like for years we've been saying, man, Tampa's really going to have to trade someone. And they've kept Stamkos and now Kucherov and Hedman and McDonough. And they've had uh, Stallman is... up until now. Like, And they have multiple bad contracts. Yeah, they have still Callahan on the books. They have Girardi on the books, who's coming off this year, both of them. And then you even like your lower contracts. Like you got Yanni Gord, Alex Kalorn. Uh, Tyler Johnson, like that's not uh, TJ or JT Miller. It's not awful money for any of those guys, but it's still five million dollar deals. I'm not a fan of the Kalorn deal at all. I would put yeah, that in a bad contract. Yeah, but man. like, sorry, I meant uh, who's the other one? Uh, Palat. His Palat. five million. Like you got a couple guys like Miller, Palat, and Johnson all make five to five point three million, and those aren't awful deals by any means. But they still like that's. Fifteen million dollars, right there. It's like yeah. you would think eventually they got to start move, start moving those guys, but then you look at the bottom of the roster. You got Braden Point on his ELC. You have Anthony Sorelli on his ELC. Matthew Joseph on his ELC. They still have Kachuk. Yeah, Kachuk, and they have Taylor Radish. If he ever takes another step, I feel like they have one more person as well. Cal Foot's a pretty big defensive yeah. prospect too. Mitchell Stevens, like. They've got guys down there that they can still call up if they need it. Yeah. Well, the thing everyone talks about now is, like, pay your stars, and then the middle class disappears, and then it's all young guys. But, like, Tampa's stars are getting paid pretty good money, and they have a pretty decent middle class of guys making, like, five-ish million yeah, dollars, like, too. Yeah, like, and it just it doesn't feel like they ever have to pay, like, move anyone. Like, I, I was one of the people who thought, no, nah, there's no way they get McDonough, Kucherov, Hedman, all of them under contract. And they have, like, I don't like the McDonough contract, but I think that was an avoidable one. Or maybe yes. not avoidable, I just don't like it. I think going, it's at best forward. fair value. Yeah. And, um, but, like, still, it's just, like, they're going to, and if they let, uh, they're probably going to let Girardi walk this year. I would they hope so. might let Strawman walk. Coburn's probably gone. That, that alone clears up, you know, 10... $11 million in value right there. Like, you're going to be able to sign Braden Point with that <laughs> you can money. sign Point, yeah. Like, and yes, you're going to have to replace them, but you get Kachuk there. Like, Slater Cuckoo's on a, under a million dollars. Sergachev still has one more year on his ELC, so there's still stuff to work. It just, it's impressive. And I mean, again, the no tax in the state helps that. Probably helps. Like, Stamkos probably isn't taking 8.5 in Toronto. If he a couple years ago, if he well, were like classic, something, like, right? The like, equivalent's ten million or whatever. Yeah. Same with uh, even Nikita Kucherov. Like I, nine point five is a lot, but I'm willing to bet he could have got over ten on the open market. I would have given to. him eleven without blinking. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Good on Tampa. I really do want to see this core win a Stanley Cup. Sometimes. God, they deserve it. I know you as a Leaf fan and in a competing window probably don't want to see that. I have nothing. To look forward to for years to come. So I shouldn't say that, but um, yeah, I don't know. This would be a real fun team, I think, to see win. Yeah, and they're rolling again. Yeah, they're probably cup favorite right now. Yeah, and it feels like we've been saying that every. Year. I really want to see them win one of these times. They got Vasilevsky, I think, signed up to, or locked up too, right? Like, uh, oh no, he, he's only yeah, he's got this year and next year. So there is a cap hell coming in two years, but yeah, but even then, like, I don't know. By that point. You could probably move Palat last year deal. Uh, Callahan's done next year. 
So there's 5.8 off the books right there. Like it's just it's insane. I don't know. This is they're well run. They're a very well run team. Probably the best run team in the league. Eiserman did a great job and. Uh, Oh, Eiserman stepped away. Yeah, Breezebois now yeah, is up there. And I, from what I heard, Breezebois did help Eiserman a lot, and he was right there. So, I mean, by this contract, you know, you're finding more undervalued guys probably. So, yeah, eh, good job. Let's go to the big news that just happened, I guess. So, pair of coaches were fired. Uh, the big one is Joel Quenville, which I think definitely has the bigger impact. Let's start with the smaller one, though. Uh, John Stevens was fired from the LA Kings. What were your thoughts on this? How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> God, I don't... What does a good coach... Like, if you want, if you don't know the roster off by heart, you can go look at their cap friendly or whatever. I don't know what a good coach can do with this team. No, I don't either. Yeah, like, it's not his fault. No. Like, I don't think... And they, they brought in Willie Desjardins, who I don't think is going to yeah. be good. Actually, I shouldn't say that. What a good coach can do with this team is back when Daryl Sutter had <laughs> yeah. this garbage pyre running at like 55% Corsi and stuff like and that. And even then, they just they didn't have the talent to finish. Yeah. And they, you know, like, I'm trying to see, they are this year so far. They so are they're pretty bad, aren't they? Sitting in 15th for Corsi at 50%. Well, that's not horrible, actually. And they are sitting at 17th in X goals. The problem is they don't have Jonathan Quick, and their other goalie just went down, too. Chad Johnson or whatever. And they didn't have shooting talent to begin with. Yeah, exactly. So they are shooting at 5v5. They are the third worst shooting team in the league. Only Arizona and Vegas are below them right now. And Vegas, I'm doing a piece on this, but Vegas has had Pacioretty out for time. Statsny has missed the entire year, almost. And uh, Nate Schmidt has missed the entire year. Yeah, it feels weird to say, but there is way more talent on Vegas's roster. Oh, I'm doing it. They, they're yeah. the second best. They played the second best in terms of Corsi and X goals this year. Yeah, they're killing like, it. They're right with the Hurricanes. But yeah, so I mean, it doesn't help that LA has the fourth worst PDO in the league at 97.31. Yeah, but without quick and shooting talent, yeah. that's probably not. Their save percentage at 5v5 is still only 19th in the league, which really is not as bad as I thought it How would have been. How has quick been out for? Do you know? A couple weeks, I think. Okay. Like, I think uh, Chad Johnson was holding down the fort for a little bit there. But he just got announced today that he's out four to six weeks. <laughs> They'd have called some guy up I've never heard of before. Yep. Because like, Campbell got hurt too, right? Yeah. <clears throat> was yeah. it Camp? Was it Camp? No. Campbell, who they called up? Or did they call no, Campbell, Campbell was the backup. Oh, I don't know. Campbell was there. I know. Oh, maybe it was Campbell. But why do I think Chad Johnson's on this team? I don't think Chad Johnson. Uh, maybe it was Jack Campbell. It was Cal Pedersen that they okay. called up today. Yeah. So I think Campbell is. got announced that he's out four to six weeks. And then Quick is on LTIR right now, which isn't good if it's LTIR. He's out for a while, isn't he? God, this team is old. Yeah. And I just don't see them getting better. Like, their defense core. They have three guys I've never, two guys I've never heard of, and they're still 26 years old, both of them. And they have Dion Phaneuf making five. Point two five for three more years on purpose, and then you got Doughty at eleven after this year, which isn't your problem, but like it's still more, it's four more million than you're paying them right now. Yeah, and this uh, this kind of ties into Anaheim too, but sometimes like LA might get a bit of a pass from uh, Quick being hurt. But one of the risks you run when you're one of the oldest teams in the league is that you're the more likely to be injured. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then I guess let's go to the big one, Joel Quenville. Um, this isn't his fault at all. No. This is Stan Bowman playing his last card, or one of his last cards, 
And there's been rumor of tension between them for years on end. But, I mean, like, I just... It's not Joel Quenville's fault how this roster is instructed. And even some of the moves, the bad moves that they made, Quenville was mad about. Yeah, he was pissed about the Homerson trade. Yeah, like, and I can't remember if it came out that he was mad about the Sod trade as well, but... He's just like it's not his fault, but and that's just what happens as a coach. And I don't know when you've been there for so long. Maybe it's just time for a change. And I, I do hope he goes to a younger team. But I mean, he took this Chicago roster, which isn't a real good roster. They're eighth in Corsi right now. Jeez, they're twenty fourth in expected goals for percentage. So that's, that's a weird gap. Yeah, that is a very weird gap. They're a pretty good shot share team last year too, even though they still had the same talent deficiencies that they have this year. Yeah, and I mean, they still got, like, Jonathan Taves is playing really well this year, Patrick Kane's great, Dabrinkit's been great, but I mean, like, you just saw it has really struggled in terms of putting pucks in the net, and then you just have guys, like, like, I don't know half their roster. Yeah, they have, I don't know, maybe Henry Yokoharju's really good, but they have, like, one puck-moving defenseman. Like, there's just nothing here. You're Brent Seabrook. Duncan Keith has fallen off a cliff. I don't know how he's been this year, I guess, but... He was, like, one of the worst defensemen last in the year, NHL last year, yeah. And Brandon Davidson, fine as a full bottom bear guy, yeah. but, like... Eric Gustafson and Michael Kempney were, like, Corsi heroes, but Kempney got traded, so now they just have Gustafson. Yeah. And then you got Corey Crawford and Cam Ward in that, like... Yeah. This team could really use Timu Teravainen, Vinny Henestrosa. And Tammy Panarin. Yeah, and the $7 million that you could have saved by not signing the Seabrook deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Stan Bowman definitely had his flaws for as well of a job as he has done because he did a great job to get them two cups and, and even take a cup that uh, Talon built, I mean, with some of the roster there. But, I mean, like... That team was nuts. Yeah, like... This is definitely isn't Quenville's fault. I guess we... And everyone knows that, I think. No one thinks Quenville's a bad coach. The oh, yeah. question is, where do you think he ends up? I don't know. The report came out this year that he's open to coaching this year. So, like, if some team goes, hey, Quenville, tomorrow, he would... If he thinks it's a fit, he would go. It's his world, right? Like, yeah, like, I think... How many teams shouldn't fire their coach I said this for? the other day. I said probably three. Cause Toronto? I'd say Minnesota. Minnesota... You could talk me into Nashville as well. Yeah. I like LaViolette a lot. Um, you could... They started pretty slow, but you could talk me into Pittsburgh, maybe? Yeah, like, there's like there's a, there's three or four teams that absolutely shouldn't, and then there's a handful of teams that it's like, well, like, yeah. you don't have to. Minnesota, Toronto, like... Nashville. Yeah, they're the... It's a very short list of teams that... Yeah, exactly. And it's like... So it all depends where he wants to go and money restraint. Like, he's going to be paid. So the, the so the thing, I guess, how coaching works is, so he's being paid $6 million for another f- four years or whatever from Chicago. Yeah. So he can take a contract of whatever, and Chicago makes up the difference for the $6 million. That's weird. So, and unless, maybe there's a rule against just taking a 500 k deal for the next three years. But there's got to be. Y- you would think so, but if they're not, like, he could take just a cheap job somewhere, but then Chicago makes up the difference to $6 million. So I'm assuming what Chicago's hoping for is someone just pays him $4 million a year, and then they have to pay him, like, $2 million, right? But, yeah, like, I don't... I, we were talking about teams a little bit, uh, not on the podcast, and I, I really want to see him go to Edmonton. That'd be cool. I don't think they deserve him, but I really want to see him go to Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton deserves nothing at this point. Yeah, I mean, fire Peter Shirelli, new GM comes in, 
uh, hires uh, Quenville as his first coach move, then I would be fine with him going to Edmonton. That'd be cool. I think that would be a lot of fun. He's a team, their team, I think they could see. The Ducks are another one. But the thing is, I want to see Quenville go to a younger team so he can just keep taking cup runs again. I, think, I agree. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, how, like, even, like, the Canucks or something like that? I was thinking the Canucks. I don't think Travis Green's a bad coach. No, I don't either. But it's Joel Quenville. Yeah, so. it's... Oh, Montreal's another one I could probably be talked into Julian. not having Julian fired. We'll get into that in a little bit, but... Yeah. I don't like uh, Other than that, uh, a lot of people are saying... Philly. Philly. St. Louis is another common one. Yeah. I, it, I'd be fine with either of those. If I was betting, I think I would bet on Philly. Yeah, that's not a bad bet. I want to... I can't imagine McClellan has too much rope left in Edmonton. No, well, the the same way Stan Bowman played his last card with firing Quenville, Shirelli only has one card left in Edmonton. You would think, but like, I don't know. McClellan. I would have said that two years ago as well. Well, that's true. <laughs> I think year four of McDavid and still just abject failure will hopefully be enough to yeah. get it over with. But and then yeah, so I don't know. I I want to see him go just somewhere youngish, even if. You know, it's not a team that's going to be competing right now, or like this year. Like Vancouver, if he goes there, and the team ends up bottoming out this year again eventually, and then they get good in a year or two, that would be cool to see. I just want to... The Babcock thing? Yeah, like I feel... I want to see Quenville in the playoffs. He's a great coach, and his teams are... They're good structurally, but they're still also a lot of fun. Yeah. Watching Chicago in the playoffs for years on end was still fun. Oh, I hated them, but they were such a good... Like, they were such an aesthetically pleasing team yeah, to watch. Yeah, it was really just sweet to see. Yeah. But that's probably enough on that, then, you think? Yeah, I think everyone knows whose fault it is that Chicago's bad, and everyone knows it's not Joel Quinville. Yeah, exactly. Let's go to the, some surprise teams first, and then we'll <laughs> we'll hit on the two big things at the end. This is, this could be a longer podcast, I'm not sure, but... Are we at 22? 23, yeah. But, so let's go, we're going to talk about some teams just... Uh, Getting around the 20-game mark now, so where you can actually start putting some weight into how teams are performing in terms of Corsi and X goals. And so we're going to talk about uh, two teams that are overperforming expectations, but I don't think are going to stay that way. And that would be the Vancouver Canucks and the New York Islanders. Um, One of those teams is really, really, really bad. And that would be the New York Islanders. Oh, they're... Brutal. They are third last in Corsi 4 with 43.8%, and they are fourth last in expected goals with 45%. And they are first in the Metro right now. They're first? Yeah, I believe so, unless they got moved. The time of recording this, okay, they dropped two spots now. They are third in the Metro with 18 points, one point behind Philly, who has a game in, or they have a game in hand on Philly, and two points behind Columbus, and they have a game in hand on Columbus. So as of I think yesterday or two days ago, they were in first in the metro. I just that's weird. They're getting insane. They do have a lot of intangibles though. Yeah, they're getting some really good goaltending from Thomas Grice. Um, good for him. Yeah, I don't think Grice is as bad as last year made him seem. But and I mean I think he was even fine for part of last year. I don't know because he definitely wasn't the bottom of like four goalies because it was no. like Price, Anderson, Darling, and. Someone else. Well, they allowed such aggressive shot quality. Yeah, like per oh game yeah, it's definitely like, yeah. Like the team was definitely a big problem there. But when you flip to the other side, they're shooting ten point five nine percent at five v five, which is good for first in the league. They they lead in PDO. There's they have the highest PDO in the league. Nashville's right behind them. The difference is Nashville has lots of shooting talent and is actually a good team. Yeah, like I just I don't know. I feel like 
Like, good for If you're a team that's supposed to struggle and you're doing good, enjoy it. Don't get hyped up that this is what it should be. But Yeah, I've seen a couple people on Twitter float, like, not anyone intelligent, but just random people just commenting about how they don't miss John Tavares and stuff. Yeah, it's just, come on. Yeah, stop that. Don't go that far, but... Yeah. And then you have Vancouver. So they're 24th in Corsi, and they are 26th the next goal. So they're another team, I think, is going to drop. The one thing I will say about Vancouver is at least they have Elias Patterson making it fun. And I think overall they kind of have that trend where it's like they do have a bunch of young guys that you might perform your next goals a little more than you expect from that team. They do have a lot of bad guys on the team as well. But I mean, like when you got guys like Pedersen and uh, Besser and even Horvat to some extent. Horvat's right? not a bad. Yeah, player. like you got those guys. Like you were a faster team, so I think it it helps a lot. Like when you got young guys going towards that fast uh, side, yeah. which is nice. But I just I don't see a Jacob Markstrom led goaltending duo either leading this team into a playoff spot or anything like that. Yeah, and I... they're first in the Pacific right now. That's weird. Yeah. San Jose's got to better have that in the bag by the end of the year. I was say, Calgary and San Jose are both at 18 games played as in Vancouver. Calgary and San Jose are both tied one point behind Vancouver. Yeah. So. I think Vancouver's is more sustainable than the Islanders. Me too. I would agree with that. Not by a terrible amount, but I like the overall talent, I think, on Vancouver a little more in terms of the way they can win games. Yeah, I have more faith in them than, they did, than I did at the start of the year. Yeah. I still don't think they'll beat a playoff team or anything? No. Like, if there's one division to do it in, I guess it's the Pacific, but... Even still. I'd... Like, I don't see how they beat the Flames, Sharks, Coyotes. Even the Oilers, really. Just like... the Ducks and Kings at this Yeah, and I mean, if... The Ducks are... Won. The Ducks get healthy and Gibson keeps playing well, then, then there you go. Yeah. The Knights are, again, really good this year, and they just haven't had shooting talent or yeah. finishing talent. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just I don't see the Canucks... Again, good on them because I, they've been much more watchable this year. Uh, it feels like every time Elias Pettersson's on the ice, he's doing something fun. Yeah, he's killing it. Um, so that's good. But just in general, I think it's probably going to be another year where they get closer to the bottom. But oh, what, yeah, they'll uh, be a lottery pick for them. They should be. Yeah, you know, they're a year away at least from having to uh, want to see more results. Like. I feel like if this is part of the plan, it's still uh, you should be in the rebuilding phase still. So it should be to go all out at the end of Pedersen's ELC, not right now. Yeah, like yeah, like depend on what happens in the lottery. Like if you score Jack Hughes or Kako, Kako, then maybe your plan changes a little bit and you can start to look for at least a playoff spot next year. You know, kind of like the Leafs. But yeah, it all depends, right? I, I don't think either of the teams this year should be disappointed because at least they have their first round pick. Then we should go to another team that is overperforming expectations, but actually might stay there. And that, for me, is the Montreal Canadiens. Um, it's obviously not a guarantee at anything in this uh, in the NHL about what's going to happen. Montreal Canadiens rank fifth in Corsi, and they rank sixth in X goals for. Um, the Habs are a good team. They're not Sup- a bad team. A surprisingly least. good team, I would say, in terms of what I thought they would be. Um, I think a lot of this is a lot of people, including myself, forgot that Claude Julien is a very good coach. Well, so um, I'm more surprised by their decent numbers than I should be because they also had them last year under Claude Julien. That's very fair. 
I mean, I just, I guess the shooting talent is what some people didn't expect. Inc- yeah. Also, like, not having the one of the worst goaltending like performances yeah. in the league is a hell of a drug. Yeah, Price hasn't been great by any means this year, but I, when you don't have literally, I think the thirty first or thirtieth worst starter <laughs> in the league, that's that's gonna help you. Um, Max Domi has absolutely lit it up to start this year, and uh, I don't see that continuing at the exact pace it has been. But even to his credit, he has been much better just all around the ice than I thought he would be. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Tatar, Tatar as a cab dump is uh, looking like a that's Has looking he, like uh, a really good trade. Hasn't he outscored Pacioretty? Pacioretty has two points in fourteen games this year. That's rough, and they're both assists. And I mean, part of that doesn't help that he was hurt for a little bit for three games right in the middle. And Statsny, his guy, he was supposed to be playing with, has been hurt all year. But still, yeah, like Tatar has played good, and I mean, I don't. I feel like that's not as big of a surprise to me. I thought Tatar was a fine middle six forward. Tatar has priors of being like a really good first line winger. He's just been kind of on the decline. Yeah, so I was like, if he's like a, a second or even a good third liner, like whatever. But I mean, he has been very good. He's been like a first line winger thus far. Yeah, Jonathan Druin has been solid. And I mean, I think the the thing that's impressed me most about Domi is he's. St- I think he's still playing center, which is impressive considering he's been a winger for. Most of the time. Yeah, the uh, Domi for Galchenyuk trade's looking like as much of a win-win as you could possibly Th- That's do. what I was saying, too. And Galchenyuk started the year hurt, unfortunately, for Arizona. But, I mean, since he's been back, he's been scoring a couple, and he's been playing good. Uh, give the Habs credit. Jesperi uh, Kukniemi looks very good. Um, I think he's leading the draft class in scoring so far. Probably. Uh, that's... I don't like... You don't want to... You don't want to... Uh, evaluate drafts after 20 NHL games. No, absolutely not. Um, I'm seeing some people who are saying now that uh, even Brady Kachuk, who has been insanely good, they're going back and saying, oh yeah, no, of course that was a good pick. Who was saying that was a bad pick? It's like, stop, no, stop that. Yeah. And I still think that uh, we shouldn't count Zadina out because he clearly has the high-end talent. Right. He just... He's, he's in the NHL now, but I mean... If you write 18-year-olds as good as Zadina off, you're going to end up looking very stupid if you do it to exactly. a couple of them. And I mean, there's definitely um, the possibility that Kukniemi and or Kachuk uh, are better than him, but... No, it's not possible. It never was, but... Yeah, like... Unlike, uh, it's more... Looks more likely now than it yes, would have. Yes, but I mean, even then, I feel like we always still get wrapped up in a 20-game yeah, sample sure. size. Like... But at very least, Kat Kenyemi can hang in the NHL. Yeah. And that's more than I would have guessed, to be honest. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Even in camp, he impressed, I think, pretty much everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was too many Habs fans even who were really expecting him to break it right out camp like he did. On the back end, Jeff Petrie has been amazing. I love Jeff Petrie. Me too. He's one of the most underrated players out there. I know that term gets thrown around a lot, but I think Andrew Berkshire, Berkshire did his uh, top 20 defenseman ranking, and he was 15th on the list. Yeah, I have him pretty high yeah. up, too. We'll see. Scroll over one second. I know I had him, like, 11th or whatever in the last thing I did, but yeah. now that I've updated, he still is in the he's, top 30. He's been really good yeah. at taking that number one spot that Weber was supposed to have, and <laughs> you know that in shell how it works. When Weber gets back, they're going to fall off a cliff just because. True. But, I no, having having both him and Weber, even if Weber isn't, like, he looks good, I think he'll keep declining. He's 34 and getting injured. Especially but, after injuries. But, I mean, even if Weber's, say, a good second-pair defenseman, having a first-pair guy in Petrie's good. Yeah, I have Petrie 12th in the league last year. Yeah, so, like, he's been sweet. Um, Price has been 
fine. Fine. Like the, an average. I tweeted the other night, I said, at what point do we stop calling uh, Price the top five goalie in the league? Because I think it's painfully obvious that's not true anymore. It's a very... He's definitely not one or two, and it's definitely not a slam dunk he, it, for top five anymore. Yeah, and I think it goes the other way, too. He's not the 30th or anything like that. Like, no. he had a bad year last year, but uh, I would bet on him bouncing back more than him staying like that, and he's been about 15th this year. He's just kind of meh, is what yeah. I... Like, and, and you're paying that... You're paying a lot for meh, but it's better than being garbage. Yeah, I still wouldn't be surprised if he puts up, like, a 925 over three months, but as long as... Yeah, he's he's not what he used to be, but he's still good. No, for sure not. Um, that's probably enough on the Habs. I just want to give them a shout-out. Um, yeah, pleasant surprise. Yeah. I, I mean, I hate the Habs, so it's not surprising. Yeah, pleasant to me, but... It's, and I, I don't know, I, like, I just enjoy when teams around this area are more competitive. Yeah. Um, like, I would much rather Ottawa be good than see the Habs and the Leafs be good, but like seeing the Habs and the Leafs and... If Ottawa ever gets good, like seeing rivalry rivalries that actually mean something mm-hmm. is a lot of fun to see. It's the same with like when Buffalo and Toronto are both good. I, I want to see that as much as I don't because it's in the same division. But Yeah, like Leaf Sens is no fun right now. Cause... No, and it hasn't been fun in years. But it was fun for one year in 2016, 2017. When it looked like they were going to play. Yeah, when both teams were actually in a playoff spot. Ever since then. Like Twitter 2000... was a meltdown yeah. for that week. Other than that, since like 2006, one, if not both of the teams, have been absolutely trash. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, speaking of the Sens, I guess we should touch on the Uber video. <laughs> I'm assuming everyone has seen it by now or heard of it. If you haven't, the Ottawa Senators had a video. There were seven players in a car in Arizona. They got in an Uber, and there was a camera that they were unaware of, and they were pretty much, they got caught trashing their assistant coach, Marty Rimaud. Um, said they didn't pay attention in three weeks to what he was doing. <laughs> to be fair, they didn't say anything wrong. Did you see the video of... Um... Them getting scored on on the penalty kill, and it was just that, Chris Weidman's yeah. voice saying, talking about how they here he slow. comes, and he's just like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Yeah, he talks about not slowing them up yeah. on the zone entry. And As the guy blows by them. Yeah, yeah, Hedman just uncontested walks into the zone and scores. Ottawa's power penalty kill is garbage. Raymond had the power play last year, and they were 31st ranked in the league. He's not a good coach. Why did they switch him? Because they were both bad, so they hoped if they switched them, they would become good. <laughs> what? <laughs> their penalty kill had one assistant coach on it, and their power play had the other. And they were both, like, bottom of the league bad. And so they went, okay, we'll switch them. That's hilarious. That's got to be like a budget constraint thing, right? Well, like, they, no, like Boucher just took the assistant coach. He said, <laughs> you do the penalty kill. I don't, I don't know. But, like, that's got to be because you can't fire the one, right? I guess. I don't, Boucher sounds like he loves Marty Ramon. Yeah. He said he was the nicest human being he's ever met. And Someone said you could see him, like, almost shaking in anger yeah. talking about it. And, I mean, like, they, I think the sense coaches have every right to be mad. At the same time, I think the Sens players still, uh, they didn't really say anything wrong, in my opinion. No. And I, I do kind of understand that, you know, it is a more common thing to complain about your ball. Like, there was two extremes on Twitter. There was the one people like, how could you ever say this? And then there's others like, well, everyone badmouths their boss. It's like, okay, but you don't say that you haven't paid attention to your boss in three, three weeks, weeks, right? Like, Or that he's garbage at his job or whatever. Yeah, like I give both takes because like on one hand... Everyone who's ever had a job will talk crap about their boss with the coworkers. But on the other, let's not pretend that these millionaire athletes are playing at the same goalposts as we are. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
don't know. I think it got blown out of proportion just because of, like, if this happens to a team that's winning or whatever, like, and it's just like, man, our PK sucks, and they're just joking around or whatever, it's still a big news story, but for, like, two days, and then it's just kind of over. Yeah. And the steps the Suns took didn't help it either, so they banned the Ottawa Citizen Reporter from their chartered flight. What did you think of that? I understood it. Yeah, that because some people were really angry. I was like, well, so the problem was the way it got reported is it made it sound that uh, the Ken Warren, the citizen reporter, couldn't do his job anymore. So what people took from it originally is what I saw was that they were like, wow, this seems like a Trump thing where it's like they just kind of don't say what they want to the right. Like it, they, I don't know if that's just how it was reported or that's how people took it, but I think people thought that they couldn't report on the team anymore. That's not oh, what it is. Okay. It's just that you couldn't fly with the team who was paying for your trips. They were making it a pain in the ass yes. to report on. So it's just like so the company, the uh, the newspaper would have to pay for all of their trips. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of smaller teams, like I don't think the Leafs would do this, but a lot of smaller teams pay for or not pay, but they bring they're the reporters. Anyway. Yeah, they're going on. They have extra seats on their plane or whatever, so they bring the reporters on. And they can come with them free, so you get coverage on the team. If you're good, it's in your best interest. Yeah, even if you're like you just want coverage well, so yeah. that people read Actually, and watch your it's team, right? In like your best interest, yeah. unless he's just ripping you. Exactly. So what they said was the citizen decided not to take the video down, and I think they should have known that. And they said, "No, we're not paying for your free flights. Then you can screw off." Yeah, I think that's fair on both sides. Like, I think it's good on the citizen for. Not taking it down just because the team wants it, but I mean, you can't expect to be buddy-buddy with the team if you're keeping a video up online that, you know, is literally just, you know, embarrassing as all, like, right? Well, that's what, yeah, I saw a couple people quote tweeting it, like, freaking out, and while on one hand I do get it's kind of sleazy, on the other, an alternative headline would be that a private company doesn't like being made to look stupid. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) like, I don't... I think it got blown out of the water. I don't think Ottawa helped their case by making such... Uh, even asking for the... It's online. Why are you asking yeah. for the video to get taken down? What's it the... What's it called? The Streisand effect? If yeah. you tell people not to look at something online, then everyone will go and look yeah. at it. Yeah, and it's just like... Like, you could have just... They knew about it earlier. They got ahead of it. They talked with the players. Apparently, there's a player-only meeting about it before it even came out. Yeah. It got leaked online then. So, because pretty much this Uber driver... Uh, he was going around trying to sell it to everyone is what the original story was and then the citizen gave him a interview and he pretty much said that he was drunk when he posted it and then he regrets <laughs> it that. but those stories don't match up at all and i don't the, so the uber driver got fired and he you know pretty much went on had a sob story about how he's got six kids and he didn't mean to he just he was worried that his 1 million dollar insurance wouldn't cover the hockey players cuz he didn't want to take all seven of them even though he had seven seats or something, and then they didn't give him a big enough tip or something, which I don't think they tipped him at all. Yeah, which, which like you, you up, should though. you should tip, especially if you're a million dollar hockey player. That's if you're not gonna tip, don't announce <laughs> that you're don't announce that you're all the the Ottawa Senators, and then shit talk your boss for like yeah ten minutes while you're in the car. Like but, just play the college bros coming home from the bar card. Yeah, and it'll look a lot more reasonable than exactly. And because like they literally said, he's like, "Who do you guys play for?" It's like, "Oh, we're the Ottawa Senators." And he's just like, oh, so then he went around looking for... Like, he's not going to know who the Ottawa Senators no. are, right? Like, yeah, I don't... Oh, yeah, my uh, family and their friends go to Arizona all the time, and no one has any interest in hockey. Yeah. We have a junior B team in our town, and adult tickets are the same price as Coyotes tickets. Like Exactly, yeah. Like, even if they, you know, he asks who you're playing hockey for, it's just like, ah, we just play, 
you know, you like you make a high school, yeah, beer league. league or whatever. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think it. It definitely was wrong on the players. Not well. Sorry, I'm trying to find the right words. You shouldn't. You should be more cautious. It's than a bad most, look. Yes, it is a very bad look, and you should be more cautious, just in general sense, than bad mouthing your coach in front of a random stranger in yeah. a, like a, ta- a, a an Uber. At the same time, I think it's getting a little overblown. It sounds like they've dealed with it, and I mean. At the end of the day, Marty Ramon's a bad coach. That's the biggest thing is nothing they said was wrong. Exactly. And, like, I was one of the people who wanted to see the Senators double down and just be like, no, you know what, Marty Ramon, get out of here. The players clearly don't like it. That would have been funny, but that would look so bad. Yeah, it would. I do hope that he gets fired at the end of the year. He's not good. It's pretty bad when even the players come or showing that he's bad. I, I don't know. It was just a crappy situation. Like that's... it's just the norm in Ottawa. It feels like, like, of course, it happened to the Senators. What's the uh, tweet? It's like, oh, well, at least things can't possibly yeah, get any bonks, worse. Bonks mullet always goes, well, the thing happens. At least killings can't get any, and then it cuts it off. Things get ten times <laughs> worse. Yeah, that's what this reminded me of. Because yeah. this would only happen to Ottawa. Oh yeah, like this could have happened to thirty-one teams, <laughs> and it happened to Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think it was a little overblown. It was definitely a terrible look. All around. All around. The way it's been handled has been bad. Um, I felt the most bad for Boucher out of all of it, actually. Why is that? Well, if it's if he doesn't run the special, like, oh, he yeah, just, just kind of gets dragged down. Just because? Yeah. yeah, I guess. But, like, it's kind of on him. I think he has been running the power play this year, which is at fifth in the league, so that's good for him. Okay. But, yeah, I know when the assistant coaches ran the special teams, it was bad. Um, do you want to touch on the Atlanta? We're at 45 minutes already. Um, we could wait a week. Where do you do you think he stays, or do you think he gets traded? So Nylander, apparently, they're taking calls on him now to at least see what the market would be like. Do you I think? Think you got to take calls. I would think the most likely outcome is still he stays, though. Me too. I don't. I just don't. We can. I think we can do this a bit deeper another week when the news, if either news happens or we don't have anything to talk about next week, because we literally did an episode on him a month ago. Yeah, we've kind of touched on him like every week. Pretty much. And it, you, it's a huge news story. You do have to. But I just don't see what benefit they have to trading him for 50 cents on the dollar. Let him go to Russia for a year if that's what it comes down to. I saw people saying on Twitter today, they were like, oh, that'd be bad asset management. I was like, it would be, but losing a guy permanently for bad blood, like just to make a trade is also really bad asset management. Like, Yeah, like the odds of them winning a Nylander trade... To begin with, were really low. Yeah, because that was, and then I talked and, to the guy. I was like, "What do you think he's gonna get?" And they're like, "Well, Hamilton." I was like, "You, he, they're not. You're not getting Dougie Hamilton for William yeah. Nylander." The odds of getting his value were low to begin with, and now that you have absolutely no leverage in a trade, the odds are even lower. Exactly. Like he was trying to tell me that you know teams aren't gonna lowball them. I was like, "That stop, quit it." Yeah. Stop. Absolutely getting lowballed. Yes, of course. And why wouldn't you? Like. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, you don't want to see him sit out. But the thing that I find weird is people are treating the Leafs Cup window like they're San Jose. I like, know. I am all for maximizing your possible going for it. But let's not act like this is the year the Leafs need to win a cup. Yeah. Yes, it would be nice to get one out of the way early so then you can, you know, go from there. But they have a, a 8 to 10 year window probably. At least I would say 6 to 8 of really good contending if they play. And if they play the cap right, more. 
Yeah, like, depending... Don't act like this is the year that they need to win or they're not going to win. Yeah, like, assuming Matthews ages like a regular superstar, they still have, like, a decade of him being one of the best players in the league. Exactly. You got Marner, Tavares, like, Riley's only, what, 23? 24? Oh, Riley. Uh, 24, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I don't... Yes, it would definitely be nice to have a William Nylander there this year, or if you can get a fair value for a William Nylander... The thing is, I just don't see how it benefits your team. Because everything comes down to money for Nylander. Yeah. If it's truly about money, he's going to sign a 6x6 six six deal instead of going to play in Russia where he's going to make 2 or $3 million. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I don't think people realize that if it's coming down to money, his alternatives are to make less money permanently. Yeah, he can't make as much money in the KHL as he can in the NHL. No, for sure not. And in Toronto, too, where you pretty much get unlimited sponsorship. He's seeing it right now. He's got Under Armour commercials and BioSteel and stuff. I don't know. I understand his worries, but the thing is, if it does come down to money, there's no way it's more beneficial to sit out an entire year and not sign a contract with the Leafs because the Leafs could really, if they want to, they hold their, his rights for, I think, four more years. I think they have them tell UFA. Yeah, four yeah. or five more years, and where they just don't have to sign him if they didn't want to. Yep. I don't think it'd be great asset management to not, but if you don't want to play him at all, Go play in the just like okay. Go play in the KHL for six years. Yeah, like I doubt it gets to that point, but like I think it would be brutal asset management to not sign him. But it would probably be even worse to lose a trade. Well, so that's like, what I'm saying. Like, yes, yeah. you want you should just get him signed is the best case scenario. Yeah. But you can't. You shouldn't just be making a trade just for the sake of making a trade. If he has to sit out the year. That's on him. Like, he's the one losing six and a half, seven million dollars this year. Yeah, if the alternative is to be Hall for Larson 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't, I just don't see why. Like, if the Leafs really do feel like they could get fair value in a Nylander trade and they'd make a trade that they come out and they legit go, yes, like, we would have made this if even if he was locked up at like six by seven or whatever then I think you consider it, but yeah. I just don't see them getting fair value. Yeah, like if Columbus starts actively shopping Seth Jones for a right winger next week, then <laughs> yeah. go for it. Yeah, or like, like Carolina comes up and is like, yeah, like we, we'll we give you Brett Pesce and Tevu Teravainen right. or something yeah. like that, and like or a third-round like, pick or something. Yeah, they're like, have your pick between Slavin or Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Like, then like, you then you do it, but you don't want to just go, like, here's our Adam Larson, right? Like, mm-hmm. here's our fourth defenseman. Well, that's all I keep seeing. Like, from Jets fans, it's Myers, not Truba. Yeah, exactly. From the Hurricanes, it's Pesci, not Slavin. Like, it's all that. And it's not going to stop because the Leafs will not have much leverage in this trade. Exactly, which makes sense. But at the same time, if you're the Leafs, you just don't do it then. Yeah. They can take a lightly used Cody CC, that's for sure. Uh, That's probably good. We hit the 50-minute mark almost. Ah, 48, I guess, but... um, we are on Spotify. I can't remember if I announced that. No, it I came out mid, it, midweek you? this week. So we didn't say on the podcast, but we are on Spotify. Just look up Eminem Hockey Podcast, and we are the first one there. Um, we are also on every other um, station where you can find podcasts. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Overcast, or whatever that is. What's Overcast? It's not a podcast listening app, I think. Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at NHL Sends and stuff. Chase at CM Hockey sixty six. At the time of this coming out, I should have a new article on lastwordonhockey.com about the Vegas Golden Knights and why they are hashtag actually good. 
yeah, so just keep an eye on my Twitter for that, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.